Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following segment is from The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. We wanted to get a little more perspective on Phillip Rivers. And the first person I thought of is someone that I had the pleasure of listening to, and not just me, everybody had the pleasure of listening to when he was the radio voice of the then San Diego Chargers. And that is Josh Lewin. So I am very happy to be able to bring you and be joined by Josh Lewin, who for years was the voice of Philip Rivers and those Chargers. How are you, Josh? Great to be here, Rob. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And it's uh, obviously a, a big day. I mean, it's not the biggest news of the day by far, nationally or internationally. But for Chargers fans, I mean, it's, it's a day we all knew was coming and uh, it's here, and he, he rides off in the sunset, still without that Super Bowl ring, which is a shame, but fifth all-time in passing yards, I think it is, and I, I think a Hall of Fame career. Now, we've seen Phillip Rivers, the player, and we, we've seen the things he's done on the field, and he's been great, but in terms of just characters and people in the history of the NFL. I mean, he is one of the all-time greats, you know, just going out, trash talking, wearing the bolo tie in the press conferences. I'm sure you got to interact with him more than most. What is your sort of favorite Philip Rivers story? Well, they, they all kind of jumble together, but you hit on all the keynotes. I mean, just a genuine guy. And, you know, it was, was never a put on. This is the most PG rated fun uh, human being that I've ever met and you know just the, the spirit of competition would just grip him so fully and I, I think those that didn't know him oftentimes got the exact wrong idea I thought he was some punk 
or, or whatever. He just so enjoyed competing. And I would think it's like, you know, we've all seen that guy or, or been with that guy and, and pick up basketball. It just, you know, loves talking. But when it's done, he's the guy that's, that's buying the beverages or, you know, just kind of hanging out with you and, and just, you know, recapping what happened. Uh, just an absolute swell guy. You know, I mean, it is, if I can put it in PG uh, parlance for you. I mean, I know that it, it didn't always look like that, but he just absolutely loved his job and worked at it harder than anybody I ever saw in football. Josh, I think that's well said. I've always thought of, of Philip as kind of like the Pixar of NFL quarterbacks, like, you know, cartoony in, in nature and in, in, in that he's like, uh, you know, acceptable to children and things like that, but still really full of heart and really full of something sometimes spicy and funny and whatever the case may be. And, and really, I think, underrated um, overall. I, I hope that landed with you. But um, everybody knows about the torn ACL game. Um, that's that's kind of one of the most famous Philip Rivers moments. But you saw obviously so much more Philip Rivers football than most. What's, what's kind of a game or a moment that, that you feel like isn't talked about enough from Philip? Maybe, maybe it was just one quarter or one drive or something, but it could have been week six in a regular season that just kind of doesn't get the same lure that that particular playoff moment does. You know, you know what's funny is the only Chargers game I ever missed was a conflict with a, uh, a playoff game. I'd even, even been a World Series game when I was doing the Mets, and I couldn't get to Green Bay. And they lost that game, but he threw for something like 531 yards. And they only scored 24 points, which is impossible. Keenan Allen was on his way to like a 25-catch day. They couldn't cover him. He was targeted 15 times, caught 14, and that was in basically two and a quarter quarters. And then he got hurt. Um, th there were a lot of games like that where he just put the team on his back and never got great protection after the 14 and two season, which is the year they really should have won it all. There were a lot of other seasons where they, they came close, but you know, it was top of my head. There was a game in Houston where his number one receiver ended up being Shea, uh, Ajira Tutu, you know, he was like number six on the depth chart. And he threw two late fourth quarter touchdowns to Ajira Tutu to somehow beat the Texans. And, uh, you know, he'd do stuff like that. And because it was San Diego against Houston, nobody really paid attention, but that's just stunning stuff. And he would do that all the time. A lot of times with the decimated offensive line uh, after LT left, you know, sometimes he had no running game. He just found a way, never complained about it and was a consummate teammate. You mentioned the 14 and two year. I think that people view would view Philip Rivers career totally differently. If he, if he had either a gotten to a Super Bowl or B won one, do you think if they had been able to work things out with Marty Schottenheimer that he eventually would have gotten over the top? Well, you know, the, the game that just killed him, obviously, is that, that game against New England in that 14-2 and two season where they basically did about 14 things wrong. Everybody remembers the Marlon McCree incident, and, they, you know, there were, it was a Drayton Florence headbutt. I mean, I could go down the whole list. But they got wiped out way too early as a, as a one seed that year. And the year that they actually got to the AFC title game, you know, that, that was just some bad luck. I mean, that's not only was Phillip playing with a torn MCL, which is incredible, but he didn't have Gates. He didn't have LT. Uh, you know, he just he had Michael Turner and, you know, just the, the supporting cast of not a lot. And they still had more scores than New England that day. The problem was it was four field goals to get to 12. And New England had three touchdowns to get to 21. And Norv decided to, to punt the ball with nine and a half minutes to go. And they never got the ball back trailing by nine. They just one third down completion after another. So 
uh, things like that where he would get close and it just wouldn't happen. And I have no doubt that they would have uh, found a way to to win that Super Bowl had they gotten there. They they just they didn't get there, and that was a David Tyree catch for the Giants that year to to win the Super Bowl instead. So um, it, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, people say, well, Eli's a, a lock to go in because he's got the Super Bowl rings, and you know, you give give Philip one, and he'd be a lock too. Instead, we're gonna have this goofy debate about it. But uh, to me, he was a Hall of Famer. Uh, the moment he got to 50,000 passing yards and he ends up with something like 64,000. So I'm, I'm good. Phillip signed his retirement statement with, I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. Nunc Cuppy. I've heard him talk about this before. Um, and as I understand it, it kind of embodies the the way he looks at life, which to everything you've said is, is really just about um, centering himself within his faith and, and his approach to his, his family and his teammates, the consummate teammate, as you said, um, is, is that something that, you know, was apparent even, you know, during TV timeouts and things like that, things that only you saw, uh, Philip just kind of embodying this, you know, life is about moving on and new beginnings in every capacity. Yeah. And basically play the ball where it lies, you know, to put it in, in golf terms and that, you know, Nunc Coepi, uh, and I didn't take Latin. I learned it from Philip <laughs> Rivers for God's sake. I learned Latin from Philip Rivers. Let that sink in. Uh, but it, it means now I begin. You know, I mean, is that this is where I'm going to start from is right now. And that could mean the next play. That could mean the next game. For now, it means the next page of his career. I hope he gets into radio or TV. I think he'd be just an absolute killer in that space. Uh, you know, he, he's going to be the, the next great. I mean, it's like, you know, Tony Romo, but with the Alabama accent. You know, I, <laughs> I think it could really be something great for the game. Uh, you know, total family man, total community minded civic-minded individual uh, you know I, I can't say enough great things about him and uh, when, when you read the comments from all of his teammates today and I'm sure in coming days you'll know it's not just the, the radio guy that says that I mean he really made a difference to a lot of people speaking of broadcasters I gotta say I think Philip Rivers like sharpened you as a broadcaster because every game Philip Rivers did they'd get the ball back with like two minutes to go no timeouts down four. That was like every week for you with Philip Rivers. You're, you're exactly right. And only about one out of four times towards the end would they actually stick it in the end zone. You know, I mean, and so it, it got a little unfortunate a lot of the times. And I actually, you know, jumped off the gig before it got even worse. I mean, you know, the, the litany of one score games that they lost even this year without him was just just ridiculous. But yeah, you know, and it's funny because I, I distinctly remember uh, you know, my first year when Drew Brees was still the quarterback and we were calling him Phil, you know, we, we didn't know that it was Philip Rivers. We just, you know, well, you know, we'll never see the backup Phil Rivers uh, because we, we never had to, you know, Drew Brees was the man. And then he got hurt the very last game of the year against Denver, uh, chasing a ball that was rolling around in the end zone. And that is how Philip Rivers came to be. And then if, if you look back at his first real start, I mean, they, they gave him a a nonsense start some week 17 before I got there and I missed that. But uh, when he opened that next season, they did major training wheels for him. I think it was something like, uh, I mean, I just off the top of my head, but I think he was something like 10 for 13 against the Raiders. It was a 27, nothing shutout to open the season. They beat the Raiders. They didn't let him do squat. You know, they just said hand off to LT and, and that's it, you know? And, uh, only as that season unfurled did we understand, okay, you know what? They had the right guy all along. This guy can absolutely bring it. And th there were, there, there were some good moments where he'd rally the team. There were unfortunately more moments where it, it would die just a little bit short. 
and he'd take off the helmet and have that look on his face that everybody came to know so well. Uh, you know, he he deserved a lot more than he got, and and that goes that goes for accolades, that goes for trophies. But uh, you know, every teammate would jump up and say he was the, the the best quarterback I ever worked with. I think he also was the victim of bad luck. Might not be the best way to term it, but you know, he's he has the misfortune of Peyton Manning choosing the AFC West. Has has the misfortune of Patrick Mahomes being drafted by the Chiefs, and um, obviously dealing with a lot of things within the Chargers. And I, I mean, dealt with a lot of change. Dealt with a, a city change. You know, like so much was made about the Rams moving. I mean, obviously, um, you know, moving within the state is is not the exact same thing, but still, I mean, a big deal. Um, I'll I'll allow you to say that it's too soon to tell if you want to, you know, take that. But uh, people are going to ask whether Philip is a Hall of Famer or not. Is he the greatest quarterback in Chargers history? Obviously, there is a Hall of Famer in the franchise's, um, you know, accolades. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough one. You know, Dan Fouts uh, never got him to a Super Bowl. Stan Humphreys did. You know, Fouts put up great numbers at a time when the passing game obviously wasn't what it is now. And Justin Herbert could end up being the best of everybody, you know, the, the way he started out. But there was a time, you know, and it lasted a good chunk of years where the numbers 17, 21, and 85 would kind of stand in tandem at Qualcomm Stadium, you know, and you love that holy trinity of Rivers, Gates, and Tomlinson. And nationally, it didn't get a lot of play, but man, you can't. And then when, you know, when Sean Merriman showed up, you know, that number 56 jersey started popping on the defensive side of the field. People loved that. You know, th those were four celebrities in San Diego for about a half a decade together. And uh, it, it was a great time that they, they never won everything that they should have won. And that's super unfortunate, but uh, you know, Philip definitely is the standard bearer of that era was always a spokesperson of the team. And uh, yes, he, I mean, he's a hall of fame human being, but I think the stats are to me, it's an easy rolling putt to, to say this guy's a hall of famer. You've talked a little bit of golf here. What's Phillip's golf game like? Do you know? Or, I mean, you know, because he's it's got time now. I, yeah, I, I'm not much of a golfer, so I never was with him, never never played. I heard, I mean, he's good at everything, you know, ping pong and <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, what he's got time for now, I, he'll either coach or he'll broadcast. I mean, football is just so much in his blood. And, uh, you know, people will make the jokes about how he's got his own football team because he's got the nine kids and a wife. <laughs> you know, they got 11, so strap it up. But uh, he'll find time to do something in the game. I just think it means too much to him. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.